go, we're going to dive right in and start uh, a brand new series called The Me I Want to Be. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been there, um, but you've, I've backed up so many times and imagined this is who I want to be. I want to act like this. I want to think like that. I want to be calm. I want to be cool. Uh, I, I want to be that no worries mate kind of guy. And then I look in the mirror. There is no calm. There is no cool. There's frantic. And I've just become good at covering up crazy. Has anyone here gotten good at covering up crazy? You know, you, everybody learns to cover up crazy. My, my daughter is two years old. She hasn't learned how to cover up crazy yet. So when she needs to use the restroom, she doesn't say restroom. She says, poo-poo, I need to go poo-poo. And if there's 15 people around, she doesn't care. She doesn't cover up crazy. And if she went in her pants, she'll tell everybody. She doesn't cover up crazy. And then when she's upset, she'll go, ah! Well, at a certain point, you learn that when you need to use the, the restroom, you just go use it. You don't announce it. You don't stop needing to use the restroom. Uh, you don't stop wanting to scream every single time and cry. Ah! But you cover it up right? There's this me we want to be, this person that's full of peace, this person that uh, just has the wisdom of God in us, and then we back up and we go, I'm not there yet. That's what this, this series is about, and this is part one. Uh, there's, there's three things that I want to talk to you about today, and I'm going to dive into the first one uh, right now by reading this verse. In John chapter 14, verse 16, it says this, and I will ask the Father, this is Jesus talking, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. This advocate is the Holy Spirit. And so this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm going to go away. I hung on a cross. I, I, I spent three days in a tomb. I rose again. I'm going away, but the Holy Spirit is going to come here and he's going to comfort you. And he is never going to leave you and he's always going to be around you. The very first point that I want to share with you when we are the me I want to be, when we are in that flow that God designed us to be, the very first thing is we become aware that the presence of God is all around us. The best way I can illustrate this is, is through this story I heard from Jack Hayford. Does anyone know that name, Jack Hayford? Uh, he's a preacher, a pastor out in California. He's um, many, uh, many, many people, including myself, admire him. He's kind of like a, a modern-day Moses, if you will. But anyway, he told this story. He says, I was nine years old, and um, uh, I was with my friend Jimmy, and we were out doing some things. The next morning, my mother was getting me ready for school, and just before she sent me out the door, I had my backpack, I had my lunch kit, I had everything. My mom says, Jack, come back here for a minute. I came walking in, she goes, I have this suspicion that while you were with Jimmy, you were up to some mischief. She goes, is there anything you want to tell me? But before you answer, I want you to remember that Jesus 
is standing right here. <laughs> I never forgot that story. The, the very first thing when we become the me I want to be, when you become the person that you long to be, the very first thing that we have got to do is to become aware of the fact that the presence of the Almighty God is all around us right now. Just take your hand and grab your shirt and just kind of tug on it. There you go. Just tug on it. There you go. If you, if you see somebody not tugging on it, then you grab their shirt and tug on it. There you go. <laughs> Do you know that the presence of God is surrounding, the Holy Spirit is closer to you than that shirt yes. on your back? And so the first thing that we need to do, all of us, is to try to become more and more aware that the presence of God is around us. Amen. If you're sitting in your car and you're driving, you're by yourself, you're driving, look in the passenger seat and go, the presence of God is sitting right there. If you're sitting in a meeting, just sit around in the meeting and just go, the presence of, just say it to yourself, the presence of God is right here in this meeting. I don't know if anyone else does this, but around 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, I like to get up, don't even need an alarm, and I go check to make sure that the refrigerator is working properly. So I go in there, and I open up the doors, make sure the light is working. Okay, this is good. I want to make sure that it's keeping the food cold, so I need to taste a few things. Anyone like me? But while we're making sure everything is operating properly, we just need to back up and look around our house, look around our apartment, and just say, the presence of God is here. Over and over again to say, the presence of God is here. Do, do you know that if you could see in the Spirit, if you could see Who's walking around with you every day? You would never worry again. Uh, I just want to do a visual illustration real quick. Charles, come on up here real quick. This is what the Bible says. That the angel of the Lord surrounds those who fear him. Fear him means that you are in awe of him. When you think about God, you just go, wow. If that's you, the angel of the Lord surrounds those who fear him. If you could see the one who's surrounding you right now, the one who's with you every morning, every afternoon, when you back up and go, the presence of God is here. Yes, he is here. Be aware of it. But even more so, there is someone surrounding you. I want you to know, the more, thank you so much, Charles, the more aware we are of his presence, the more we become the person that God wants us to be. Because this is what ends up happening. Point number two, after we become aware and we constantly remind ourselves, is we go to point number two, is we begin to pray. So point number one is aware, number two is pray. Pray, 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 pray. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, never stop praying. Let's see if we can memorize that verse. Are you guys ready? 
All right, everybody get a good read on it. Look at the screens, read it real good. Say it to yourself, one, two, three, just say it to yourself. All right, very good, sounds a little tentative. Okay, now take it off the screen. Let's see if we can do it by memory. <laughs> one, two, three, let me hear you. Look at you guys are the bomb. You sound great. You just memorized the scripture. Say it three times. First Thessalonians 5:17 never stop praying. One, two, three. First Thessalonians 5:17 never stop praying. Real loud. One, two, three. First Thessalonians 5:17 John didn't say it. Now we got to do it all over again. <laughs> One, two, three. First This is so paramount because, first of all, keep in mind what the target is. We want to be this person that we so crave to be, and how is that going to happen? we got to become aware of his presence, and then we just constantly pray. Now, for those of you that praying is a challenge, you are in company this morning because praying is a challenge for me. This morning... This morning, I'm not going to tell you a story that happened 10 years ago. I'm going to tell you a story that happened this morning. I got to the church around 6.15. It's dark. It's cold. I shut the door in my office. I'm like, okay, I've got to pray. I do not want to walk into that sanctuary and not have prayed this morning. I prayed yesterday. I prayed that, but I want to pray this morning. So I'm standing in my office, and I, I close my eyes. I shut the lights, and I go, Gosh, it's cold. <laughs> I was like, come on, Frankie, focus, focus, focus. I love you. I, lo I always start off with I love you. I love it. It's kind of like get my wheels on. I love you. I love you. I'm like, my toes are cold. <laughs> this is this morning. I love you. I love you. And then I decided I'm going to sit down and pray. It's dark. It's cold. I'm just going to rest and pray. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I'm going to lay down. <laughs> I'm going to lay down and pray. I'm just going to lay right there on my couch, and I'm just going to pray right there on my couch. And I was like, whoa, 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 you've done that before. <laughs> Has anyone here ever decided that you were going to lay down and pray? And then all of a sudden, <sighs> If you've never fallen asleep while you're praying, you don't pray very much. <laughs> it, praying is difficult because even if you can keep yourself awake, if you're anything like me, you start wondering, am I even praying what you want me to be praying? These sound like really self-centered prayers. There's people in other countries that aren't eating, and here I am over here praying for this. Man, this is awkward. Have you ever thought about that? Just me? Okay, cool. I'm just telling you. And, and you just think about it. And then all of a sudden, focus is an issue. But you know what encourages me so much? Is that the guy who wrote half, half of the New Testament had trouble praying. Watch what he says here. He says this. In, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, he says this. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself 
intercedes for us. We don't know how exactly we're supposed to pray. We know we need to pray, but exactly what we should pray, this is Paul. Now maybe you can pray better than Paul. For the rest of us common folks, we look back and go, I get that. And so this is what the Holy Spirit does because the Holy Spirit is here, is he takes our prayer off of our lips He brings it to the Father, but what he does is he takes our words and he does more with it than just what our words say. Let me see if I can read this scripture and maybe it'll piece together the puzzles better. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. So what he's saying is, just say something. Just say something, because whatever you say, heaven is going to give you more than what you asked for. Just say something. The Holy Spirit comes and takes it off your lips, brings it, and then comes back with more able to do more than what you asked for let me see if I can illustrate this so here we go there's a guy named Elijah look at the person next to you and say Elijah Elijah. there you go in first Kings chapter 19 verse number one Ahab told Jezebel they were married and they were evil Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done including a detailed account of how he killed all the prophets with the sword. These prophets were evil prophets. Elijah was a man of God. He killed these evil prophets. Ahab and Jezebel were ticked off. Watch what happens. Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah with this warning. May the gods judge me severely. If by this time tomorrow I do not take your life as you did theirs. Elijah was afraid. So he got up and fled for his life to Beersheba in Judah. He left his servant there. While he went a day's journey into the desert, he went and sat down under a shrub, watch this, and asked the Lord to take his life. I've had enough. Now, O Lord, take my life. After all, I'm no better than my ancestors. Do you guys hear what this guy is praying? If you've ever thought your prayers were crazy, I hope you're already encouraged this morning. (laughs) This guy is praying, kill me. Kill me. Beep, 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 beep. Kill me. The Holy Spirit is there and goes, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. He heard the prayer. Watch what happens. Very next verse. He stretched out and fell asleep under the shrub. All of a sudden, an angelic messenger touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked, and right there by his head was a cake baking on hot coals 
and a jug of water. He ate and drank and then slept some more. So what happened was, is Elijah says, kill me. The Holy Spirit takes his prayer, brings it to the Father and says, oh, no, 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 because he's the, the he, he is the one who intercedes for us. Because I know he said kill. What he meant was cake. <laughs> I know that's what he said, but God, he's, he, he's, he's hungry. Does anyone here go cuckoo when you're hungry? <laughs> Let's be honest. Anytime, this is just a sidebar, anytime you're hurt, angry, lonely, or tired, Put yourself in handcuffs and stand in a closet because whatever you're going to do is not going to be good. Hurt, angry, lonely, or tired. It's an acronym for HALT. Stop what you're doing. He's praying, God, kill me. The Holy Spirit said, he didn't mean kill. He's hungry. He's hurt. He's angry. He's lonely. He's tired. Now watch this. If you're just one of those, halt. He was all four plus some. The Holy Spirit comes in and helps. When you and I, number one, become aware of the presence of God. Man, the presence of God is with me. He is with We ought to say that a thousand times a day. But then when we pray, we're constantly praying. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. The Holy Spirit takes our words and puts power in them and relays it to the Father in a way that fits his plan. I'll give you an example. If I back up and say, God, my kids are driving me crazy. I'm about to kill them all. The Holy Spirit comes, no, 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 no. He's not going to kill his kids. What he's really saying is, will you help them with some patience. If I back up or my wife looks at me and whispers to the Lord, God, my husband is nuts. The Holy Spirit comes along and says, okay, he's not exactly nuts. He's hard to predict. <laughs> but he's not nuts. What she's really asking for is the love tank is about empty in the house. They need more love in the home. Ah, okay. See, if you're at work and you're sitting there looking at your associates or the people you work with or the people you work for, and you're looking around the room and you're like this. And what you're thinking is, all of you, all of you are, are mad. The Holy Spirit says, it doesn't mean that they're mad. It just means that he... He needs another door of opportunity because he's hit his ceiling here. The, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us because we don't know how to pray. But we've got to open up our mouth and give the Holy Spirit something to work with. And this is when you and I become the person that we we're born to be. What's happening? The first thing is we're constantly aware of the presence of God. And number two is we're constantly praying. Praying in our head. Praying in our heart. Praying out loud. Hell trembles when the weakest saint is on their knees. 
because the Holy Spirit is bringing everything into God's proper form. Number three, there is the desire to be used. When you are being used by God, you are doing exactly what God had planned before he made you. When God made us, he made the plan first, and then he made you. He didn't make you and then the plan. He made the plan, he knew what the plan was, and he says, now what type of personality does this person need to have in order to execute that plan? So when he made you, all of your idiosyncrasies and all the things that you like and all the things that you don't like and everything, all that stuff was put in that cocktail mix just perfect for the plan. Because you have to have those types of desires, those types of likes, those types of, uh, of unlikes. For those of you that are accounting, he said you are going to be an accountant. And you're also going to be very detailed. I need you to be good with numbers. So I'm going to make you detailed. I could give a lot of examples. But the reality is, is that we make ourselves available. When we're doing this, we're, avail we're aware of the Spirit. We're praying and we make ourselves available. That's when we begin to experience the me we want to be. Let me show you something. This sledgehammer right here, if you're doing a job, this thing hurts. John, come here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, this, if, if you need a sledgehammer and you don't have a sledgehammer, there's nothing that can replace a sledgehammer. You can't say, man, I need a sledgehammer. We don't have one. Okay, bring me a, 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 a wrench. What? You say, I need a sledgehammer. We don't have one. All right. Bring me, bring me a screwdriver. Phillips. No. Because there's no other instrument that could replace this. Likewise, if you need an axe, you want to chop some wood in the backyard. You want to chop down a tree. If somebody says, I know you need an axe, we don't have an axe. You need to chop down that tree. What we do have, though, is a sledgehammer. No. The instrument you need is the only instrument that can do that job. Let me say this. There is an assignment. There are people in your life that only you can invite to church. Only you can represent God. Only you. Um, is, is Ryan here? Okay. I just had to check just in case he came in late. So I'm going to tie this together. <laughs> You're going to see this. Watch this. So my wife loves to sell things on Craigslist. Between us, don't tell her I told you this. She's here. <laughs> Hi. Why don't you stand up, Allie, and wave at everybody oh. real quick. There you go. Many of you saw her in the parking lot holding signs. But she, she loves to sell things on Craigslist. I don't know why. But if you don't wear a pair of shoes that week, she'll put it on Craigslist. 
If, if you don't use a particular coffee mug, she'll put it on Craigslist. If you say, man, this, I've got two gray shirts. One of them's going on Craigslist. She puts everything on Craigslist. A bush is going on everything. The doorbell rings, and the whole family, all of us, we all go hide in the living room so that she can go negotiate. And it's embarrassing listening to her. She'll sell a phone case for, for $10, and they'll say, I'll give you five, and she'll go, no, seven. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're going to throw the phone case away if they don't buy it. I've seen her walk away from deals over $2. I'm like. <laughs> when she asked me to come to the door, I come with tutti fruity, fresh and fruity glasses with the big nose. <laughs> Some of you aren't old enough to remember those commercials. You remember those commercials? But it's embarrassing. Well, anyway, this past week, uh, she decided she was going to sell the desk from upstairs. Because nobody sat on it that day. So she's <laughs> going to sell the desk. So she comes downstairs and she says, hey, he wants to buy the desk, but he doesn't have a truck. <laughs> I have a truck. See where this is going? Do you want... Do you want to load the desk into the truck and bring it to his house? Now, husbands, <laughs> have we learned that there are certain questions that there's only one answer to? <laughs> it sounds like there's two answers. There's not. Uh, I'd love to. He also needs your help bringing the desk down. Of course he does. <laughs> I get up. Hey, my name's Frankie. How are you? Hey, man. So we're going to be in a good mood. Drag it down, drag it down. I was watching the game, by the way. All the guys went, ooh, and all the women went, and? <laughs> but, Boom, 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 boom. We get the desk in the trunk. He goes, all right, just follow me. Guess where he lives? On the moon. <laughs> On the moon. All the way there. We drive. I thought I was going to have to pull over and refill my gas tank. We get to his house. It's a two-story house. I said, so where are you going to put the desk? Up there. First thought that came to my mind, this is a problem, but it's not mine. <laughs> and I'm saying, I'm like, dude, you got a big problem. This is what I'm thinking. I'm out. I'm out. Peace out. I'm going to take it out of my truck, put it on your grass, and you figure it out. So I'm like, all right, man. All right, all right. I'll help you. I'll, I'll help you. He goes, really? Yeah. It's just the kind of guy I am, you know? <laughs> His wife is like, we get it up there, smashing everything. We get it there. Both of them look at me and go, thank you so much. 
I mean, really, thank you, thank you. I mean, we don't know what to say. And I was like, yeah, and this was my next thought. I, I know what you could say. I know exactly what you could say. So what are you doing this Sunday? <laughs> I, said, uh, I said, I'd love for you to come to church with me this Sunday. They looked like they saw a ghost. <laughs> I thought they were going to give me the desk back. <laughs> we don't like this deal. I said, yeah. So they looked at each other and they're like, all right, we're going to come. We're going to come. So I thought they were going to come to the first service. Then I thought they were coming to the second service. Clearly, unless you're hiding, Ryan, <laughs> they're going to come a third. But I know that they're coming, even if they didn't come today. I know that they're coming. Do you know that I drove home feeling 20 feet tall? Because God needed an instrument, and I made myself available. Sometimes you look down the hall and you see somebody and you think, I should invite that person to church, but nah. You look down the street, I should invite that person to church, nah. You look in the apartment complex, I should invite that person to church, but nah. When you make yourself available, the me you want to be, the, the you you want to be, when you are aware of the presence of God, you're talking all day long and you're making yourself available for use. Your life and your reason for living supersedes anything on this earth. It supersedes it and makes everything else look small. One of the ways that we, uh, we make ourselves available, obviously, is inviting our friends and family to church all week long. We're looking for somebody to invite. But number two is through life groups. And uh, my, my wife said, hey, Frankie, do you want to see what we're going to be doing in my life group? And uh, that's another one of those questions. There's only one answer. I was like, I'd love to see. <laughs> so, so, she, so she opens up her laptop. And, um, and, and for those of you that don't know, we're partnering with Right Now Media this semester. So there's 15,000 different videos that you can download onto your TV and have access to just like Netflix as soon as we give you the code. So she decides she's running a life group with several other ladies. And, and so she decides she's going to show me a promo. And uh, I've never seen one from Right Now Media. So she, she hits play and I want to show it to you. Watch this. Life and death, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And that's what this study is all about. We're going to walk through the truth that the scripture gives us on why the tongue matters, why it's so important, and why you and why I need to take it seriously. I was really good at manipulation, really good at spinning. My tongue was a tool that I used to get whatever I wanted. Yeah, I worked in New York City, totally normal to curse and talk foul. That's life, that's the way you talk. My dad taught us that it was important to love, um, to not speak bad about people. It wasn't very long that I found out that within inside the walls of the church, that everybody didn't think the same way. This is the most powerful tool in the arsenal of your Christian experience that will reveal where you are with God and what hurt or benefit you are to others. It was fascinating to me to, to see just how something as simple as just talking in a simple, God-honoring way impacted people who've never experienced that before. As I was driving, the Lord impressed in my heart to tell him that he loved him. I said, 
I don't know, Lord, I don't think so. I had a very difficult time reading. I couldn't concentrate, but I could sing. I could listen to worship music. The words that were spoken in those songs bolstered me. Just my, my daily quiet time with God, going throughout the day and diving in His Word and, and seeing beautiful things with Him allows me to, to be grateful for what I have. God wants you to declare Jesus as Lord of your lips. That he not only died to save your life, he died to control your mouth. And it is this lack of control that leads to explosive fires in families, in churches, in society. But it is this control that brings hope and help to those who desperately want it in a time of need. Let's find out what it means to watch your mouth as we understand the power of the tongue. Last Sunday I said this, I, I want to say it again. Um, I want every single person here to lead a life group. Everyone. The size of your life group just needs to be you plus two. Three people make a life group. If you're married, you only need to come up with one more person. Um, this Right Now Media has 15,000 different videos in there. Allie just decided to pick this one. If you liked it, you could pick it too. Maybe some of you are like, you know what? I've got little kids. My friends have little kids. There's, there's life groups in here. There's videos from professionals, people that will teach this kind of stuff, people like Beth Moore teaching. Um, there's guys, there's, there's, there's financial stuff, 15,000. But what I want you to do is to make yourself available for use. I want you to lead one of these. You can lead it in your living room. You can lead it at your lunch break. There's only seven meetings, one every other week. And you only need three, you plus two. What I want you to do is I'd like for you to grab your cell phone and tell us that you're going to lead a group by just following these prompts within the app. Now, you've got three weeks to work out the details. Some of you like Sunday night. Some of you like Saturday morning. Some of you like Thursday night. Some of you like Tuesday morning at 5 because you're crazy. <laughs> but you can find two other people that are equally as crazy. And you meet with them. And uh, some of you might want to say, hey, um, to your kids, your grandparents, your grandparents now, but your kids live in the area, and you just say, hey, why don't you come on over every other Monday? We'll cook dinner. We'll watch this video about raising kids, and uh, we'll just hang out. You don't even have to teach them anything because the video will do it all for you. Whether they attend this church or they don't attend this church or they don't ever attend this church, it doesn't matter. You just want to put yourself in position to be at use. Last thing I want to say is this. Tomorrow morning we start our fast. And I'm looking forward to this fast like I'm looking forward to a hole in my head. I love food. And I don't want to cut anything out of my diet for 21 days all the way up to the 29th. But what I desire more than food is the presence of God. And so I'm, me personally, you structure your fast any way you want to. But me personally, I'm just going to strive to eat fruits and vegetables for 21 days. And every time I get hungry, I'm going to say, God, 
your presence is right here. And then I'm going to say, I'm starving. I want to eat that pizza. But I desire you more than I desire any food on this planet. And I'm going to allow my spirit man to get strong. Because I don't know about you, over the holidays, both physically and spiritually, I feel like I need a detox. And I want to redial my mind, my body, my soul. Get it redialed in this January. Keep God first place, front and center. Then watch Him take care of everything else. I want you to join me. And let's invest in our relationship with the Lord. 